We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, over 400 of you took up your pitchforks and stormed the Bastille yesterday and called the governor's office, Governor Kevin Stitt's office, and demanded that he sign House Bill 1775. And they actually had another vote. And this time, more people voted in favor of the bill rather than less. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. I want to thank many of you for doing your job yesterday. I was told by the end of the day that over 400 of you picked up the phone, picked up your pitchforks, metaphorically, and stormed the Bastille. You called Governor Kevin Stitt's office, the governor of Oklahoma, and you requested, you strongly suggested, you demanded that he sign HB 1775, that he not veto it. You let him know how you feel. He works for you. You are the voters. You are the government, not those that you have elected to represent you. They are not the government. You are the government. In the United States of America, the people are the government. We are not a monarchy. We are a republic. It is your voice that matters. It is your action that matters. And when you take that action, when you accept that responsibility, when you pick up the phone, when you get in the car, when you drive to Oklahoma City, and you express your views in large numbers, you will be heard. And yesterday was an example of that. But I would argue, and I will continue to argue in this show today, that you need not and should not back down. Don't go silent. Don't assume that just because you picked up the phone yesterday that all is well. This battle is not over. I'll discuss a couple of those facts with you, the reasons why I'm saying that today. I'll discuss that on today's show. So the topic today is this. Over 400 of you called the governor's office and said that you want him to sign HB 1775. And there was a technicality yesterday. I won't go into it as to why, but... Apparently, they had reason in the House yesterday in Oklahoma to reconvene and vote again on 1775 because of some sort of glitch in the previous vote. That should cause concern. Were they trying to water down the vote, give the governor some cover? Well, as the result... Rather than 70 voting in favor of 1775, we now have 77 voting in favor of 1775. And rather than 19 voting against it, there are now 18. So the numbers actually became stronger. Could it be that that movement, that positive movement, is because of your voice, because people are listening to you? Pick up the phone again today 
and call again. Don't let anybody tell you, oh, don't, don't talk to us today. The bill isn't even on the governor's desk yet. Don't let anybody tell you that. Keep calling. Be relentless. Call and call again. And then tell your friends that agree with you to call the governor's office. You must do so. Otherwise, you're going to have the codification of critical race theory and institutionalized racism in our schools and in our government agencies. You know, they keep talking about this, uh, the progressives, the left. They keep talking about systemic racism and how racism is in the system of the United States, that racism is built into our Constitution. Racism is built into the founding of America. Racism is just there. It doesn't matter what you as an individual think or do. The system is racist. Well, if you want a racist system, if you want systemic racism in the United States, in Oklahoma, then start teaching it in your public schools. Start teaching that one race is inferior to another race. Start teaching people to judge people by the color of their skin rather than the content of their character. If you want systemic racism, then that's exactly how to get it. And the irony is, that's exactly what critical race theory does. So the advocates of CRT, critical race theory, are the very ones who are now suggesting that we need to teach people to be racists. We need to inculcate our culture with this idea of color being the way you judge people rather than character. Does that sound like you're creating a system that's endemically and by definition racist? If it does, Spot on. That's exactly what it is. Today, I want to talk further about HB 1775. I know I've already done it twice in two previous shows, but this battle is not over. It has not yet been signed into law. And there's one key reason why it might still be problematic for the governor. And that reason is this. It's not HB 1775 that's the issue, necessarily. It's not what we're teaching in our schools that's the issue, or what they're proposing we teach in our schools that's the issue. However, that's critical. And if we don't get that right, everything else is going to unravel in our culture. But is there an ancillary issue here? I would suggest there might be. You see, the Oklahoma managed care proposal, with which Governor Stitt is pushing right now, managed care proposal, is an idea that is being sold to lawmakers in Oklahoma and to the public in general under the guise of privatization or a public-private partnership in our health care. And this is something that the governor is in favor of. Well, the interesting thing is, and I won't go into this in great detail today. I'll do it in a subsequent show. In fact, I'm going to write on this in my weekend column for the Washington Times. An interesting thing is that the RFP that's been put out for this managed care proposal, this partnership between private and public health care in Oklahoma, has a couple clauses in the RFP. You know what they are? Gender identity inclusion. And, you ready for it? 
gender identity and critical race theory training. Isn't that interesting? That the very thing that HB 1775 will prohibit in our tax-funded schools is now being proposed in the private-public partnership for healthcare in the state of Oklahoma. Hmm. Do you wonder if there's a connection here? Is that why there's hesitancy in the legislature? And is that why there might be hesitancy in the governor's office? That's why you should not relent. You must continue to call the governor's office and ask, tell, or even demand that he sign into law House Bill 1775, which would make it illegal in the state of Oklahoma for any teacher that's paid by your tax dollars, whether it be elementary, whether it be secondary, or whether it be higher education. No teacher can propagate, promote, push, or teach your students, your sons, or your daughters that one race is inferior to another race or that one race is superior to another race. It tells our teachers that they cannot teach our students to be racists. It does not tell them that we can't talk about the history of America. There's nothing in the bill that would suggest that. Don't let anybody tell you different. Let's take a break. Thank our sponsors who support the rebellion. Remember that if you would like to subscribe yourself, you can do so by going to patreon.com backslash Dr. Everett Piper. That's patreon.com backslash D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R. And don't forget my book, Grow Up. Life is not safe, but it's good. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. I will be right back in a couple minutes. So welcome back to The Rebellion. Yesterday, I talked about the fact that uh, Governor Stitt uh, reportedly had received a letter from a gentleman by the name of Phil Armstrong, who represents the Tulsa Race Riot Centennial Commission. And Mr. Armstrong is asking Governor Stitt to veto HB 1775. I talked about that. I won't belabor it further. However, I'm going to give you a little bit more detail. And then I'm going to share with you a passage out of my book, a few paragraphs out of my book, Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good, that actually addresses this. Because I deal with this issue of racism in Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good. I deal with the issue of unity versus diversity diversity versus unity. I deal with the maturity of being a United States of America and the immaturity, the childishness of being a divided States of America. And I'm suggesting that the CRT agenda, the critical race theory agenda, the us against them, the me and mine, this perpetual selfie of you hurt my feelings, I suggest that this is the core problem in much that ails us in our current political debate. Now, let's go back to Phil Armstrong's letter. I want to make something clear. 
because I've already been accused by some guy in the Washington Times commentary section with regard to my column over the weekend of being an anti-intellectual. He's accusing me of trying to shut down a robust exchange of ideas in the academy by calling upon you all to support HB 1775. He's basically saying this. This is his argument. Piper doesn't want your kids to be taught uncomfortable ideas. He wants to shut down intellectual inquiry. He doesn't want an open discussion, an open debate. He doesn't see the value of a good disagreement and a good argument. He actually is running away from cognitive dissonance rather than embracing it. He's an anti-intellectual because now he wants the state of Oklahoma to make it illegal to discuss certain ideas. Hogwash, baloney, nonsense. I'll say it one more time. Hogwash, baloney, and nonsense. There's nothing in HB 1775 that says you can't teach the facts, the truths about racism in America, racism in Oklahoma, racism in Oklahoma City, or racism in Tulsa. There's nothing in the bill that curtails a teacher's ability or restricts a teacher's ability to teach those truths. In fact, I want to go on record right now in saying this. Every teacher in the state of Oklahoma should feel a moral obligation to teach those facts. Every teacher in the state of Oklahoma should feel an obligation, an intellectual and moral obligation, to teach the facts about the Trail of Tears to teach the facts about the battle and the fight and the march for women's suffrage. Every teacher in the state of Oklahoma should teach the facts about the march for civil rights. I think every teacher in the state of Oklahoma should teach, letter by letter, Martin Luther King Jr.'s letter from the Birmingham jail. They should teach his speech, his famous speech, which includes the words that he dreams of a day when we will judge people by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. I think all of that should be required of our teachers. And there's nothing in the bill that suggests otherwise. Suggests otherwise excuse me. And, and Phil Armstrong's contention to the contrary is nonsense. It's just pure, unmitigated nonsense. Again, he says this, HB 1775 would not only interfere with the teaching of black history, but the entire history of the United States. If teachers are unable to help students process the implications of our nation's history without discomfort, how can we teach about the Trail of Tears? How can we teach about women's suffrage? How can we teach about the Civil War? This bill will make it more difficult for teachers, no matter their race or gender, to do their job, while making it easier to fire them for it. At the same time, it provides an option for all students, no matter their race or gender, to opt out of learning when it's uncomfortable. We must do better for our children, our students, and our future. And then he concludes in this letter to Governor Stitt by saying, please veto HB 1775. Now, what did Phil Armstrong just say? He's saying that advocates of, proponents of, HB 1775, 
want to protect our students, our progeny, our sons and daughters from uncomfortable ideas, learning that's uncomfortable, that's his language, and that we're giving them an ability or an option to um, sidestep, to opt out of learning when it's uncomfortable. That's nonsense. That's not true. I told you yesterday that the language in the bill specifically, the language in the bill specifically says that our teachers should not be teaching that any individual should feel discomfort, guilt, or anguish. Oh, well, that, that's the language. That's what Phil Armstrong is referring to, Piper. There you go. He's got you. No, listen to the entire sentence. Our teacher should not be teaching that any individual, your son or your daughter, should feel discomfort or guilt or anguish or psychological distress on account of his or her race or sex. That's not at all what Phil Armstrong is accusing the bill of doing. Not at all. What it's saying is that your son or daughter should not be put under psychological distress because he's black. That when your son goes to school, when your daughter goes to school, he shouldn't be made to feel guilty because he's Asian or because she's native. No one has the right in our school system to shame a person because of their sex or their race. Who in their right mind could stand against this? How in the world can you claim that it would be right or just or fair or good or moral to put your 15, 16, 17-year-old kid in a situation where they're made to feel guilty because of who they are, because they're black, because they're white, because they're Asian, because they're native, because they're Hispanic. Do you want our schools teaching, shaming, shunning your son or your daughter, your niece or your nephew, your grandchild because of their biological reality? That's what this says. And Phil Armstrong's claim to the contrary is nonsense. It's not true. It makes no sense. It's political pablum. Don't let these people get away with this. Don't let them get away with spinning and manipulating and changing. With lying. Lying. In my, in my book, Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good, I offer the following. When your God is diversity, unity will never be tolerated. Diversity is self-centered. At its core, it divides. It is grounded in the premise of me against you and us against them. It's childish. It's selfish. It's a perpetual whine. Children, by nature are individualistic and insular. They don't care. They do not care about much other than themselves. Children want what they want. 
Other people and their needs may never even cross their minds. But adults, 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 those people who are grown up, they, to the contrary, see the wisdom of promoting unity rather than division, integration rather than segregation, a united states rather than a divided states. Adults care more about the first thing of personal personal righteousness than the second things of personal rights. Did you hear what I just said? This is what your children should be taught in school. To wrestle with difficult things, to have a good robust argument and debate, Cognitive dissonance is good. There's nothing in HB 1775 that says that you're anti-intellectual and that you don't want your students to be exposed to the challenges of iron sharpening iron, of being refined by fire. There's nothing in there that suggests that. What there is in this bill is the protection of your 15-year-old kid from being shamed because of the color of his skin. That's what's in the bill. And who in their right mind could oppose that? More from my book, Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good. When we reverse the order and focus on second things, one more time, when we reverse the order and focus on second things, we get neither the first nor the second. It is only by dying to self, that is setting aside our childish individualism, that we discover the first thing, about who we truly are and what we are meant to be. Our true identity isn't found in race or gender. We shouldn't be teaching students to feel shame or guilt because of their race or gender. We shouldn't be doing that to them. We shouldn't even be telling our students that their identity is found in race or gender. How can you say that, Piper? Well, listen to me. Back to the book. Our true identity isn't found in race or gender. It isn't found in personal grievances or narcissistic infatuation. We are neither Jew nor Greek, male or female. That's out of the Bible, folks. That's the Apostle Paul. We are neither Jew nor Greek. We are neither male nor female. Jesus didn't allow us... His apostles didn't allow us to divide people by virtue of being Jewish or Samaritan. That's what the lesson of the Good Samaritan is all about. That's why Paul follows on the heels of Christ's instruction to be colorblind and not focus on racial distinctions or tribal distinctions. Paul says, stop it. The hand cannot say to the foot, I have no need of you. You are one body in Christ. You are not divided. You don't amputate the body. That's not a spiritual gift, folks. We are neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, black or white. We are human beings, and selfless unity rather than self-centered demands must be our first things. Professors and politicians and pundits and even preachers, whatever category Phil Armstrong falls in there, I don't know which one, but they do our nation great harm by enabling young people to fixate on those things that are second. Richard Newhouse warned us that this ontological dyslexia, reversing things, reversing the order of reality, 
that this ontological dyslexia only brings with it the profound bigotry and anti-intellectualism and intolerance and illiberality of liberalism. That is Newhouse's quote. Excuse me. I'm going to say it again. Reversing everything, first and second things, this ontological dyslexia brings profound bigotry and anti-intellectualism and intolerance and illiberality under the banner of liberalism. Here's the take-home. This enabling of adolescence and its fixation on me and mine is growing with each decade. It is stunting the development of our kids and our culture. We're force-feeding our progeny a steady diet of individualism, of diversity, of division, of you and me and us and them. We're force-feeding them this pablum rather than giving them the higher ideas, teaching them the higher ideas of sacrifice and unity. And when we do this, why are we surprised to see a generation of self-centered adults frozen in their childish claims of entitlement and demands for their fair share? We've set up those who are following us for failure by encouraging them to believe that their safety is more important than their neighbor's soul. One more time on that. We've set up our children for failure in our schools by encouraging them to believe that their safety is more important than their neighbor's soul. We've taught them that they are entitled to everything rather than obligated to give anything. That's out of my book. Grow up, life isn't safe, but it's good. Don't let anybody tell you that HB 1775 does anything other than what it does. Call the governor's office, tell him to sign it. Do so again today. Keep doing so until he does. The bottom line is this. Those who refuse to support Oklahoma Bill HB 1775 are doing so because they are perpetual children. And they're more interested in making their mud pies of blame and shame in the back alleys of our culture than in celebrating a vacation on the beach of unity, of universities, of the university, celebrating a vacation on the beach of truth. Those who refuse to vote and sign this bill are doing so because they refuse to grow up. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. It's time to rebel. Pick up the pitchfork of truth. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.